Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and I'm joined today by George Goncalves, MUFG's head of U.S. macro strategy. It's Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, George. Hi, John. Great to be back on, as always. Yeah, good to have you, and a early happy Thanksgiving. Um, so we are recording, and to you as well. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, so uh, for our listeners' benefit, we're, uh, we're recording uh, this podcast really after the market's done a total one hundred and eighty since I think our last episode. Um, you know the uh, you know the ten year Treasury I think has rallied you know something like fifty basis points. Um, financial conditions have eased off the tights significantly. Really unwinding quite a bit of the financial conditions easing that we've seen really pretty much, I mean, certainly in the, you know, in the third quarter, but, but it kind of throughout the entire year, stocks are up a lot, you know, mortgage spreads are way in off the wides, credit spreads are in. So it's, it's just, just a, like a stark difference uh, uh, in terms of a, uh, a backdrop for the, for the episode, if you will. Um, but the market's, you know, built on the narrative that the Fed is done the war against inflation has been won. It's been some soft data releases along the way to reinforce that narrative. Um, uh, you know, it seems like a majority of the market p- participants are really buying into this this expectation that the U.S. economy will achieve a soft landing. Um, you know, I'm obviously aware that you do not share that view, um, and so you know that that's it very least not your base case. Um, why don't you walk us through how we got here um, and and how your view has evolved, if at all, and how you're seeing things in the near term? No, absolutely, uh, John. It's been a rip-roaring, you know, risk-on rally, and, and a lot of it on the back of a you know, decent decline in rates, uh, largely, you know, ha- unwinding almost half of the big rise that we saw in the belly intermediate part of the curve uh, from the summer when we started getting concerned around the fiscal outlook and debt and deficits. So that it's, it's clearly been a big switch, uh, as you suggest. And, um, you know, this really started uh, at the beginning of the month. And so November has really been like a stark contrast for the prior few weeks uh, heading into uh, November from October, where you had actually some risk off and concerns about assets. We saw a complete flip, especially once we got past the Fed. And you know, look, you know, as our listeners and and those that follow our work will remember, uh, you know, th- this was the risk. The risk is that you know, very thinly traded markets coming towards the end of the year, if the narrative and the catalyst change enough, uh, it's it can exacerbate the moves in 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 all these different asset classes. So I, I think a lot of this is is really just uh, position relating, flow related. Uh, the uh, just markets getting thinner as the year end progress uh, 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 approaches. So I think that that's that's one part of it. But there is you know the catalyst. You had the Fed, which once again skipped uh, and did not hike in November. And from November first on till now, uh, we, which today, as you know, we were recording earlier in the day, there was the FOMC minutes, uh, and even there, there was really not enough kind of a concern about them sounding hawkish. And so the, from November 1st until today, we've had uh, weaker NFP. We've had uh, non-existent inflation on the headline as energy continues to kind of ratchet in. Oil prices have been declining. Gasoline prices have been declining for quite some time now, which is a whole other topic altogether. And we had um, you know indications on some of the second tier data like claims, uh, the Philly Fed, uh, and just some ISMs in general coming in weaker, suggesting that the bounce higher in growth in the Q3 has kind of give way to a much more temperate environment. 
the irony of all this is that, you know, of course, this, this, this then suggests, which has been our view all along, the Fed likely is done with the hiking cycle. But as I say, you know, be careful what you wish for. If it's, you know, we're entering into an environment where the risks are now becoming more balanced between the growth outlook as well as inflation now heading towards their target. If growth, if growth were to continue to materially weaken as we think it will, then you, we have to really be concerned about you know, can the valuations that are now embedded in many of these risk assets, are they sustainable if we're actually heading into a slowdown? Like this is where I think the, the market's kind of pulled forward a lot of activity. The broader markets, especially stocks and credit, have really kind of a, a, are expecting a Goldilocks scenario. In reality, we might end up with a bumpy, almost hard landing if the Fed does not tight, uh, ease. So the, it, this is really uh, uh, builds on this theory that we had of the, the, the rates paradox, where the Fed's not going to ease until something actually breaks and the markets are actually easing for the Fed at this point, unwinding some of this tightening. So I, I don't think the Fed's going to come into the rescue anytime soon. Meanwhile, the growth outlook doesn't look that great. So I think the markets are getting ahead of themselves. Totally. I mean, to use an, anal an analogy, it's like, you know, you're watching a gymnast and they need to like stick the landing and get like a 10, you know, to win the competition. And unless everything goes perfectly, I just, I, I feel like, um, you know, unless absolutely everything goes perfectly, it's really hard to justify some of the valuations that you see in, in assets, uh, as you just mentioned. Um, so you talk a little bit about this in your uh, upcoming uh, monthly outlook, uh, Macro to Markets uh, publication entitled Risk On is Whistling Past the Boneyard, or sorry, the Bondyard, rather. Um, in that piece, you have two special topics. Uh, let's start with the banking system. You know, that that's super interesting. Um, you know, also you you. Your second topic is on deficits. Um, what are you seeing? You know, the banks were obviously a huge topic of conversation. You know, in the you know first and second quarter of the year, um, but critical to developments in the economy. So, what are you seeing from banks in terms of lending and overall credit conditions? Sure, absolutely. So, we picked these two topics specifically because you know, these are the you know both what happens on the banking side as well as what's going on in government spending. Those are two you know major economic actors in the in the economy, which you know, will give us a sense of where we truly are in the business cycle. And although the banks have no longer been, you know, in the headlines like they were during the first half of the year, it's not as if they, you know, we've seen tremendous progress. Uh, and in fact, um, you know, lending has continued and to decline and credit availability and credit conditions still remain very tight. And so, you know, we 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 looked into this more closely, which you know obviously those that receive our research can go into it more detail in our piece. But the, the bottom line for us is that you know, we don't think that um, we're at a point where with a invert with a curve that remains inverted, with rates still elevated uh, and credit availability um, deteriorating, that you know, this is really uh, going to cause um, uh, uh, issues for the small to mid-sized enterprises throughout the U.S., which are largely the you know, the the creators of job creation, uh, um, and 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 I think that you know, we're now entering the point where these long and variable lags of both the tightening and the less credit availability are going to start to have a macro implication for the broader economy, and and this is where you know the banks are still super crucial um, at at that sort of development, and and we're not seeing you know any sort of signs where banks are willing to like you know open up the the credit box and start to lend. In fact, we're seeing the opposite. And, and that's, you know, I think what will be exposed as we look into 2024, which we'll look into uh, as the year progresses. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot to, you know, a lot to come there. Um, but I really thought the the point uh, that you made is that, you know, the banks are still kind of constrained here and lending lending is declining. That's that. And that's and also in some of your charts, you you quantify non-bank lending, you know, private credit markets have been getting a lot of play as of late. Um, and I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that that uh, uh, stock of credit is also declining. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that impacts the real economy, uh, you know, later on this year and early next year. Okay, so that's the banking system. The other piece uh the other the other high point of the uh of of your research piece is uh deficits so let's talk a little bit more about that um let why don't you give us a or rather our listeners a summary on your thoughts about u.s deficits and debt sustainably more generally i mean the u.s is running extremely high deficits the stock of debt is you know is well above you know if government does well above 100 percent of gdp um you know you've got some really eye-opening uh you know charts in the piece uh tell our listeners a little bit more Sure, absolutely, and, and you know the U.S. fiscal situation has been something we've closely followed. You know, obviously as fixed income strategists, uh, we you know the the outlook for the debt and, and the deficits are super critical to the rates market, um, and so we obviously track this uh, closely. And and the U.S.'s fiscal situation has been for quite some time on an unsustainable path, and you know in many ways we we saw a little bit of this this year. Uh, but even throughout the the, the, the last uh, decade or so, a lot of times it's focused on generating short-term gains in economic activity without really looking into long-term investments. Although the you know, the IRA as well as the uh, other kind of infrastructure uh, plans are trying to uh, get that uh, on a much better trajectory. In general, most of our spending, unfortunately, still is geared towards consumption versus investment, and so I, I think that. You know, this past year, um, you know, we issued roughly two trillion in treasuries. The deficit was one, roughly about one point seven trillion, and we are, you know, really running crisis level deficits at a time that supposedly we're in an expansion. So, what will happen if we ever do uh, fall into uh, a economic slowdown? You know, we're, we're limiting our flexibility on the fiscal side. Doesn't mean we won't resort to it because I think we will. It just means that we're going to have even higher and higher debt loads. Which really then constrains uh, future uh, growth for the nation. So, you know, we cover a lot of these topics. You know, really going through um, what's going on both on the revenue side. There's been a decline in overall revenue the past year, uh, and spending upticks. But uh, you know, it's 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 a it's really um, a um, an exercise in trying to understand you know, where where should uh, that equilibrium be, and uh, running you know trillion plus deficits uh, doesn't seem like the right number. Yeah, those are some those are some absolutely huge numbers, and and as you said, you know what happens when you you know if you're spending when you don't need it, what happens? What are you, what are you going to do when you need it? Um, all signs point to uh, you know to that continuing to expand, which obviously has some serious implications for the long end of the curve. Um, you know something that you've discussed in recent pieces as well in the, as in this piece. Um, really yes, good, exactly. And one more point, I guess, John, just to be clear. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and to kind of wrap that part, that point, which you mentioned about the high debt loads, that's really what got us that initial financial conditions tightening this past summer, and it's come and it's come back halfway. But who's to say that it doesn't return? So I think that uh, just because we've had a short-term rates rally doesn't mean that the debt concern has gone away. And in our view, the these high debt loads, especially at high rates, we don't think the Fed's going to cut rates back to zero unless there's a real crisis. And so if we're going to be living in a higher rate world with much larger debt stock, that ultimately the, the fiscal governor becomes the 
kind of the restriction on economic activity and potential as the treasury market starts to crowd out the private sector for credit. So like, I think that's that's why I think it's super critical. Um, and it's I don't think it's it's too soon to say that, you know, and we shouldn't really pass judgment that it's all been resolved because rates have rallied. Yep. And that's, I think, a very, I think we both agree that it's a very dynamic or a very different dynamic that we've sort of, um, you know, been, or in terms of like the dominant dynamic, that's a very different, different dynamic than we've sort of experienced, let's say, uh, in the pre-COVID uh, uh, period. So a uh, really interesting insight. Uh, thanks for thanks for all that, George. And uh, I would encourage our listeners to read George's and his team's latest macro to markets publication, again, entitled Risk On is Whistling Past the Bond Yard. Uh, and I'd like to remind our listeners, uh, if you are not receiving George's strategy reports directly, please do get in contact with him. George, great stuff as always. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, John. And thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MUFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.